there's not much you can grow in winter, but doesn't mean everything is dead. Things are still growing. You can plant, no, but things are growing. Things are there. What's happening, everybody? Welcome to the Recovering Hypocrite podcast. I am, as always, your host and the chief recovering hypocrite around these parts, Noel Jesse Haken. And, and today I am thrilled because my guest is the only guest of this podcast that has ever recorded an entire episode of a podcast that you did not hear. <laughs> Back in the day when I was trying to decide whether to do a podcast, I called my friend Timothy. He came over to my house and sat in my dining room we recorded and the audio was just terrible <laughs> the content i think was decent but the audio was so bad that it was unusable and no one ever got to hear from my friend timothy so i'm excited to have him on today and i like to start out every podcast with three pieces of information that are publicly available about somebody followed by three pieces of not so public information so i'm going to give three pieces of publicly available information about you and then you can tell us three things that people may not know about you. So, one, uh, Timothy Pang is the pastor of the Lansing Chinese Church. And for those of you in the Lansing area, that is over in Okemos on Okemos Road, just off the corner of Okemos and Jolly is where their physical location is. Second, he definitely married up his wife, Kristen. They have two girls and a boy, Hannah uh Kyrene, 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 and Ethan, (laughs) the wild man, is his son. And the third piece of publicly available information is that Timothy's church and our church have partnered together to start a crazy hybrid uh, English service in a Chinese church (laughs) that uses parts of our service and parts of his service. And it'd be hard to explain to anybody, but it works for us and it's great. And, and that is sort of public piece of information is that we've partnered together for that thing. So Timothy, I'm so excited to talk to you today. Give everybody who doesn't know you three pieces of not so public information about yourself. (laughs) Well, well, I'm glad to be here now. And you know, our years of friendship is just having we're just having so much fun with each other and then three information about me well number one no one knows i'm from belize (laughs) i well i was i was in belize for three years in my high school years my families were there and you know it's it's a beautiful country out of the caribbean and i've always sort of treasured that memory being a belizean so you are officially still a belizean citizen right do you hold yes, dual citizenship? Yes. Yeah. I actually have tri- triple citizenship. Is that how you say it? Triple, yeah. Yeah. I have, still have my Taiwanese, Taiwanese citizenship and Belizean, and now I'm U.S. citizen. So, so yeah. yeah. So that's first piece of information <laughs> is you're a triple citizen. What's, what's the second piece yeah. of information? I'm high-functioning depressed depression person. I think I have suffered depression since 2000. In 2017, I was diagnosed. I was just having all kinds of weird symptoms. But yeah, by God's grace, I'm starting to, this past winter is the first winter I really haven't suffered a severe episode of depression and just slowly nursing myself back to health. It is something hard to shake, but it is something I'm learning to cope and coping much better. 
with different supplements and different trying to have a better lifestyle, slowing down things that sort of help. So in a way, if you hear this, you know, I just want you to know there there's hope. Yeah. That's a little bit of the topic that we're going to get into today, not uh, necessarily about depression, yeah. but about understanding yourself and, and kind of where you're situated in the season of life you're in. So we'll get to that in a second, but let's go to yeah. number three, third piece of information people may not know about you. It's when Noah and I were in China and uh, <laughs> we had the worst food, pig brain <laughs> ever. <laughs> worst food ever. <laughs> but you that know, was our win, 2014, 2015. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So when in Rome, so we had to eat the pig brain because it was a delicacy and, and, it would have caused offense if we didn't do it, and and we also won't back down from a dare. So big brain it was. So Timothy, I, I'm just you are one of my favorite people, and and I have enjoyed our friendship for yeah I don't know ten fifteen years, however long we've known each other. Um, but one of the things that is remarkable, Timothy, about about you, and this is one of the reasons I wanted to invite you on the podcast today, is you have a wisdom and a perspective on life that is forged out of a lot of crazy seasons that you have been through that gives you wisdom. I a, wish a my wife could say that. Yeah, well, <laughs> you, know, you know, maybe she'll listen to this and she'll go, oh, I'll gain some understanding. But, but I think that a lot of what uh, you have been through in your life has really led to some wisdom that you have really applied to my life. I, I know that when I had my multiple accidents and multiple surgeries, most people are like giving me the pity party and, you know, all of that. And you sat me down and said, okay, yes. what is God teaching you? Does he want to slow you down? And there weren't a lot of people in my life asking those questions. So here's the thing that, that I want to sh share with everybody about you, and then we're going to get to the questions. But Timothy had a season in his church of crazy evangelism and crazy numbers of salvation that almost any pastor that I know of would be thrilled at what God was doing. Just I don't even know what the numbers are, but the number of people that got saved, the number of people you were able to baptize in a short period of time was absolutely extraordinary. And then that season slowed down. And most pastors that I know at that moment would begin to spiral and would begin to just absolutely go crazy. And when you and I were talking about this, you said, well, sometimes God brings in schools of fish and sometimes he doesn't. And on those days, I just walk on the beach and collect shells. And that just stopped me dead in my tracks. Is that natural for you, or did you learn that over time? I think it truly is a yeah, season. Well, it is through a seasons of learning and meditating, walking with the Lord. And you know, as you were talking about, when I came to Lansing here in 2010, yeah, I was averaging baptizing at least 20 people a year in our small church. And after we bought a building in 2016, I was, I was beginning, you know, sort of calculating how, where is, where is this church going? What is the Lord doing? What is he, where is he leading us? And, and I was counting, we have baptized over 170 people and then 160 of them left. 
you know, being students, you know, being it's a very mobile community. People just stay for a few years and they move away. So I was like, man, I'm, I'm right back with where I started. This church is not going to grow in numbers. So there's a sense of, okay, I, I shouldn't think of church growth as a conventional wisdom, as books I'm reading. I'm just, you know, seeking God's guidance and wisdom and through all these seasons and just simply realizing. And then when you talk about spiraling down, yeah, that feeling was strong. That was like, okay, why am I doing here? I'm done. Or maybe it's time to move on type of thing. That feeling was strong back then. And then one of Eugene Peterson's book, he mentions in his book that there is a place in our life that's called, oh, his book is called The Contemplative Pastor by Eugene Peterson. And he was mentioning in the book that as he was driving, there's a place, I don't even where, I don't know if you remember what state is that, the Badlands, the town is named the Badlands. South Dakota, I don't know. And he pointed out something that things are still growing in the badlands. You may not notice them, but they are there. They're growing. There are more things happening in the badlands than you will give credit to. And I go, oh. So that book really sort of calmed me down, stopped freaking out. No, none of this baptism was manufactured by my power anyway. Yeah. Who am I to say I have to change my methodology or whatever and to bring in the same numbers every year? So there is this, okay, I need to slow down. I need to think when God is slowing down. And especially when COVID hit back in a year ago, the Chinese students that we could reach on campus just dropped by at least 90%. And with the U.S. embassy closed, and we just can't find Chinese students anymore. That's when I realized, okay, I still have to be here. The Lord is not leading me elsewhere, which is another story about I was really thinking about leaving Nancy, and then he really, <laughs> really led me to stay. So I'm like, okay, I'm not leaving, and, but there's no fish. Jesus wants Peter to be fishers of men, and <laughs> there's no fish. What do I do? Uh, the, the, the analogy of picking up shells on the beach was, you know, there are still treasures that that I may not be focusing and seeing when there's tons of fish and we're busy. And, and I begin to see some of these treasures really are worth spending time. People, I'm really talking about people, really, and good people that need to be built up and needs to be, you know, we can spend time with and there are other things to do rather than just simply, hey, let's try another pond, try another lake type of yeah. You know, I think what you're saying applies in a sense to, you know, in the church world, to churches in rural areas and some urban areas as well. And there's some places where just slow going for a long time. And we as Americans yeah. um, tend to want everything to be fast. We want everything to be big. We want everything yeah. to feed us. And our sense of our, our kind of our metrics for success. And I think a lot of what I'm hearing you say is that faithfulness is really the metric of success. Yeah. And, and I think it's just 
starting to notice in some of the illustrations that Jesus used about ministry, about church. You know, we, we tend to sort of go through the talents, you know, the business, the risk-taking, five talents, investing, getting more, getting another five. That type of business-oriented mind. I think being a capitalist country, we are trained to think, you know, the index, the number, the, the graph, the whatever, like a business. Yeah. Ministry also, Jesus gave us lots of examples of farming, of fishing, about organic part of it that is not under our control. And then is we're not supposed to abandon these things when these organic parts of life, seasons, you know, the, the tree that grows by the by the stream that's in Psalm one, Jesus is the true vine, and there's pruning season. There is, you know, it's just and then being a shepherd and sheep isn't always just a commodity. They're not just a merchandise. They are someone we should, people we should love and care. All these illustrations that Jesus gives in the Bible sort of tells me to go, hey, I need to see ministry from a different perspective sometimes. It's just not always a business industry that we're, we're trying to measure our success by the growth rate and how many new converts and that type of. Yeah, or even offering numbers and all that. Yeah. yeah. Well, what is it? The it's the kind of the classic old. Um, when one pastor asks another pastor, "How are you doing?" the answer usually comes in the form of a couple numbers: <laughs> how many people are attending and how the offering went. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. And so those a lot of times yes. are measurables. Yes. And we're in a season right now where I don't think a lot of churches even know how many people really truly attend their church. I, I was telling someone recently that I don't think we're going to know until mm. first quarter next year who actually attends our church. And, you know, we're back to in-person services, you're back to in-person services, but we're all still doing this hybrid model right now where some people are still online. And I just don't think we're going to know for a while. And that, yeah. you know, when we build our success on numbers and then the numbers are obscured from us, so we can no longer see what they are. We find out where our idol is. Yeah, another crazy story too. I, I, I don't know whether I have told you that the one of the stories that helped me to stay in Lansing is this crazy story that I was tracing back my grandparents' spiritual heritage because I got saved through my grandparents. They, they, they heard the gospel preaching in Taiwan back in the 60s probably. So I was tracing which sermon, which pastor, and then this pastor I was tracing all the way back was saved. This pastor was saved in Shanghai, and then from a school started by a missionary who went came from Lansing. No way! I was freaking out because there's his. This is a Methodist church downtown Lansing. The church is still there, right by the capital. This lady called. The truth, how she was supposed to go to India. Twenty-four hours before she was departing, she got a telegram saying, "We have an opening in China. Would you consider?" She prayed, prayed, and said, "Okay." So she was in Jiangxi Province in China. Started a, you know, they started a little hospital, little Christian school, and all this. It, that led to eventually the salvation of this pastor and then came to Taiwan and preached gospel to my grandparents. So that was my heritage. And when I found that, found that out and I, here I am in Lansing, 
my house is about two miles from that church. And I am starting a Christian school in our church. <laughs> I was having this shock of my life. I was yeah, talking about freaking out. And oh, then yeah. one day if I go, go to heaven and see Gertrude Howell and tell her the story, she will be having a freak out of her life. Well, well maybe she already knows now. See that I already see. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but just to talk about what you don't even know the stories you are on. And, you know, what happens in 300 years when someone else tells me the story? You know what happened after you left? You know what happened at, in Lansing? This is truly part of our faith journey that Jesus wants us to be here. And part of this, you know, since we're talking about the school story, I might as well just tell you that, that back in 17, 2017, after we bought a building, I told you I was counting, the numbers are not coming back. You know, we will never fill this nine acres of land that God has given us in our goodness. You know, this building that can sit 300 we will never fill this building per se it's just people come and go so i asked the lord why why do we need this, such a big building i mean we don't need this building and just in the time of prayer i began to read the lord began to show me in church history ever since ezra's time when god's people are scattered they build three things orphanage school and hospital that's a little later but yeah hospital healthcare christians everywhere they go after they started their church they were looking to these three ministries everywhere and jesus is like pick one (laughs) 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 i don't think i can run orphanage hospital is already kind of feeling down maybe school (laughs) jesus okay That was in 2017. And I said, but how? I don't have a staff. I'm the only full-time staff. I have a couple of part-time staff. How can I start a school? So, but I told it, I preached it anyway on Sunday. I told the whole church, Jesus wants me to start a school. I don't know how. Maybe one of you, some of you will catch the vision. That was it. And people go, what? (laughs) 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 And then came 2019. I was in Jakarta with my family for vacation back in February 2019. It was gorgeous. February was 85 degrees outside. And I was having the time of my life. I had no depression. <laughs> I was like, ooh. And then a church there called me and go, we need a Chinese speaking pastor. Would you, would you come? And I'm like, yeah. In, in Jakarta? Jakarta. Yeah. Yeah, I'm like, of course. <laughs> so I came back and prayed. You know, on the way, I was praying back in March here, 2019. I was praying in our church, and and I was like, Lord, should I go? Should I go? I really love Jakarta. It's beautiful, and <laughs> this is what the Holy Spirit really whispered in my heart. He said, "You will not be sinning against me if you go, but you will be missing out." That was it. I was left wondering, what missing out, missing out, what? No, don't tell me more. There was silence. Okay. You'll be missing out. So I told the church I was not leaving. Oh, I told my elder. I was praying with him. I told him I was not leaving. Okay, I'll stay. Three weeks later, there's a group out of University Reformed Church. They want to start a 
classical school. And they've, they've, been, they've been on this journey for two years, since 2017. The same time the Lord told me to start school, they started this journey and they have searched 170 buildings in Lansing areas to see who can rent them a building, host wow. them a building. And they were about to give up. We were, we were the last one. They, the one before us was a strip mall, a little strip mall there. There's a little place they, can, they could rent. And turn out to be, they also could not rent there due to permit and coding, all this. So we were the last one. And I was ready to leave. And then when they came, I was like, what? You are so, you're about to start school? I don't want to start school. I have a building. I have no team. They have a team without a building. And the school started. Three weeks after the Lord told me, I will be missing out. And then that's when I started. I was preaching through Romans and talking about, you know, for the end, there were spiritual stories. There's so many stories of people. I thought, what about my story? And then I found the true how. And she started a school that started my spiritual journey in the 1800s. And here I am starting a school in her hometown. So it's just the stories that happens sort of in, led me to this conclusion. There are seasons. And, and, and coming from a person in, from Taiwan and Belize, we don't know what seasons mean. There was no season. It's just hot season and hotter season. <laughs> it <means> seasons. <laughs> but Michigan, <laughs> Michigan has seasons. So all of this, I think part of my life journey began to teach me. It's not much you can grow in winter, but doesn't mean everything is dead. Things are still growing. You can't plant, no, but things are growing. Things are there. Stop freaking out. Enjoy the winter. Enjoy. No, oh, yeah, I don't enjoy winter. I still try to enjoy the winter, but yes. <laughs> well, so, let, so you story. know, there's a guy by the name of Bruce Miller who's written a book called Your Life in Rhythm. And his thesis is that the idea of balance is a myth and that we're always seeking some kind of perfect mm-hmm. parity between, you know, work and rest, between family and career, you know, just we're always trying to find this balance. And he yeah. said it doesn't exist. He said what our life is made up of yeah. is cycles and seasons and cycles are short. So a cycle might be yeah. how you your day goes. Are you naturally a morning person? Do you get more done in this between yeah. seven a.m. and ten a.m., or do you get more done between eleven p.m. and two a.m.? We have cycles that are short, and sometimes that can be like a week weekly rhythm. And then seasons are long periods of time, and your year may have seasons. Like for you and I, when college students come back into town, that yeah. changes seasonally for us. What things are like, yeah. and then in the summer in Michigan, you know, we have that three months where you can't go sledding. So people, have, everybody wants to go up north. So seasonally, things change. <laughs> and so he says, what really a, a kind of a, a healthy way of viewing your life is understanding your cycles and seasons and not being afraid for them to be wildly different. So he talks about the fact that sometimes people are like, man, they're like rigid. I can't work more than 39 hours a week on any given week, you know, and maybe their job requires that of them. But in, a, uh, but in some jobs, it's like, you know, you're going to have weeks where you're going to have to just go crazy and yeah, work a yeah. tr- tons of hours. And then that, but it can't last. It's a season. Yeah. The season has to come to an end for rest. That's right. I think it was John Piper said, and I think this was really just wise. He was talking to pastors 
And he said that because pastoral ministry, for instance, is so hard to track, you know, what hours are you on, what hours are you off? What he said is try to find four hours every day in a clump. So four uninterrupted hours where you're not working. And it could be any time of day. Just find a four-hour spot um, and then find one day a week where you're not going to work. And then one weekend a a month where you don't have any official duties at your church. And you can have kind of almost a traditional weekend, but then you go to church with everyone else. And then one week per quarter that you can take off. And so that's just that idea of cycles and seasons. And I think that is a healthier way of thinking about life. I I read that from Piper too. And Jesus used a lot of, I was talking of farming and just, I, I really understand i begin to see that pastoral ministry is somewhat like farming in many ways that there's growing seeds there's just planting season and there's seasons there's nothing to do almost feel like that's mm-hmm. when you sort of treasure up after the harvest that's really busy you know when and then there's treasuring season you just take time and read and meditate and grow and feed your own soul and there there will be times there we are just busy like crazy and i think like you said a lot of careers have that it's just even accountants have tax seasons right no exactly (laughs) exactly yeah exactly and so it's like a farmer who during the planting season and during the harvest season he's going to get up before dawn make sure his tractor's ready so as soon as light breaks he's working and then he's going to work until light stops at the end of the day and he's going to do that every single day for weeks and then he's going to have a period of time where he can just sleep in, grab coffee, sit on the porch, tinker around in the barn. So I want to go back to something you said earlier, because I don't want to forget it. Right at the beginning, you used a phrase I've never heard in my life, um, and that is high-functioning depression. Tell me what that looks like. And for anybody out there who's maybe wrestling with coming off of COVID or whatever season of life they're in, some sort of depressive season, Talk about what it means to be a high-functioning depressive. Yeah, I think being, you know, being in the seasons of really deep depression, really dysfunctioning in many ways, and my wife can tell you all about it. I began a season of soul-searching as well. It just, you know, what's causing this? And begin to see the complexity of a human being. There is definitely the spiritual aspect of it. You can call it spiritual world warfare battle or spiritual growth or spiritual, you know, David goes through some of that in, in his Psalms. There's, there's part of that no one can deny. And that's where most modern psychology will probably won't be able to address as well. We do have a leg of <laughs> Christians do have more insight on this part of the spiritual part of it. And there's definitely a mental part of it you know maybe our expectation is too high of ourselves or of life and when the the, the natural disappointments in life turns into a long-term almost glass half empty there's part of that natural part of psychology that we all can probably learn and grow on how to maybe counsel ourselves or you know knowing to how to, that's when I think this whole podcast is really talking about maybe lower our expectations, understanding our seasons, and <clears throat> all of this sort of helps. Hey, I don't have to be 
whatever to be loved by God, that type of so combined with spiritual aspect, mental aspect. And then for me, it's another third aspect is really is a physical health. In the busy seasons of my pastoral work, I ignored exercising, I ignored fitness training. So that part of it, I think for me to begin to see my complexity of who I am and finding help in physical realm, finding help in mental realm and finding help in spiritual realm. This whole holistic approach, definitely there's supplement, you know, for physical physical health. There's there are probably two or three supplements I take that really helps the hormone balance and that helps the physical part. So after probably two or three or four years of this slowly you know, nursing myself back to health, uh, I see I see hope. There's hope even in this past year of COVID. I thought I was going to be going down. And I found hope. Hey, I wasn't as bad this year. So this, yeah, I just want to you know, say that there's, there's hope in encouraging to all who struggle. Yeah. yeah. So over the course of uh, the last year during COVID, I, I found a couple new life rhythms that I didn't have pre-COVID yeah. that have been real life-giving to me. The first is yeah. uh, walking. I, and this feels like such an old man thing to say, but you and I have gone on walks before yeah. together. But yes. Just going for a walk and walking a couple miles every day and then trying to sometimes just leave my AirPods at home so that I'm just walking and I'm just yeah. reflecting and I'm spending time in nature and with the Lord. And, and then the other one is that I've picked up this year is listening to the Bible as opposed to having my reading time every day. I just listen. And just, you know, even just to think about how faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. As pastors, we're often reading the Bible to other people, but the idea of having somebody read it to me and just, so these are things that have just been life Are there rhythms, new things that have kind of popped up in your life over COVID that have been life-giving? I think walking is also one of them. Yeah. I used to despise walking. (laughs) Yeah. Who walks? We run. Or two things, but <laughs> exactly. yeah, this fast. Year. But every time I do that, I break a bone. <laughs> so I've got to stop moving fast. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I mean, like I will be spending an hour walk running, and then another hour massaging my sore legs. That type of thing. So I said, why can't I just walk? And like, <laughs> yeah, walking seems to be able to help me hear my my own thoughts. Walking in the woods and just simply, I. I feel better mentally just by walking. Running is always trying to get somewhere, get it done. Let's exercise, get it done, and then move on to the next. But walking is like, okay, what's the hurry? <laughs> just walk. Yeah, that's one of the things. Yeah, that's really good. I play more video games than ever. <laughs> I want to take a moment and reflect on what he just said. It's because a lot of pastors would never say that as something as a life-giving rhythm in their life because they would feel like, or most Christians wouldn't either, they would feel like that was like some kind of trite hobby that they should get rid of in their life. But that can be life-giving, sitting on your couch and playing video games. And do you do that with your son too? Do you play with Ethan? Yes, yes. Now that we play Super Smash 
Pro Ultimate and Nintendo Switch. It becomes a father-son bonding time. We used to have baseball, but this whole year had no baseball. And uh, okay, let's have something other fun to fun. And instead of telling kids stop playing, I what I found was once you play with them, they are less lonely. <clears throat> they are not in the world in the video game world by themselves and isolated. They have a buddy in there with them. And when it's time to stop, they will stop. You don't have to yell at them and go, stop playing. Just, well, we'll set a clock. We'll play for an hour and we're done. And he he can sort of withdraw from it too. So that's one thing I'm also enjoying this past year. Over last year with my, my sons, my one son doesn't live with us. The other two sons live with us. They all play games together every evening. They log in together and they play. And one of my sons, my middle son, works with a lot of middle schoolers, and he logs online and plays games with his middle schoolers. And they're building community together, playing games, so that when they're around each other, they already have this relational connection that they have built. So when they hang out together and they do (laughs) the, the student ministry stuff at the church they're not having to spend a lot of time catching up relationally in what they're doing. They, they've already done well, that. So we are getting close to the time here of, of where I wanted to wrap up. So for your typical follower of Jesus who has found this to be a very, very difficult season, what pastoral words do you have for them kind of as they look forward into 2021 and 2022? Yeah, I think really it's just hang on this winter, but spring is coming. No, I, I think I told you that my wife and I, you know, we used to read this storybook to our children, Frog and Toad, and Frog was always the happy one, cheerful one. I always feel I'm the Toad. <laughs> There's a story where Frog comes in and takes Toad out in the winter trying to ski, and <laughs> and Toad was not having a good time, and and but I just feel you know there is. Enjoying this winter, so if you need a nap, take a nap, and and have hope that this will be better in, in a different season. Don't give up, and don't quit. You'll be missing out. That's a great You're word. To, that's a great word to wrap up with. So, Timothy, thank you so much. I yes. appreciate you and your friendship more than you, will you ever have the ability to know. And so, I'm just thankful that uh, other people got a chance to listen to one of our conversations. Same here. Same here. No. Yes. Yeah.